in three, two, one. Welcome to The Peaceful Truth, the podcast where we talk about everything from feminism, women empowerment, and everything in between. I am your host for today, Kenzie Meekbeck, and I am joined by Kim. So Kim, do you want to tell us why you're here today? Sure. First off, thanks so much for having me. This no is worries. my first podcast, so... Oh, well, we're honored we'll to see. have you. <laughs> we'll see how this goes. Um, and can you tell us about the Fresh Tangerine a little sure. bit? Sure. So Fresh Tangerine is a handmade jewelry line that I started seven years ago um, mm-hmm. when I was 24. I was living in Portland at the time and uh, working at a call center, which was not a very glamorous job. And so I was feeling kind of unfulfilled and a little bit lost, and so... Jewelry was something that I always did as a hobby, and so I just kind of decided to make some stuff and see if people liked it, and they did, and so seven years later, here I am. I think that's so important, but I'm going to really tell our viewers really fast, Megan isn't here today due to unforeseen circumstances, so she'll be back next week. Um, But anyway, continuing on forward, but that is so cool. I feel like probably a lot of people feel that way. Just you think your job that you get off the bat is going to be your dream job. You know, you're hopeful or you think, hey, this job is going to be pretty good, like the call center one. But to like recognize that and to empower yourself to think of like something that you know is going to be wonderful. I think that's really powerful. Yeah. And for me, like I so... Before working at the call center, I had spent a year in France teaching English um, and I came back and this was kind of my first job in like in the corporate world and in kind of a work environment outside of school or being in schools. And I quickly realized that what was important to me was to have a fulfilling career. I wasn't ever going to be someone who could just clock in, clock out, take home a paycheck. Like I had to be really passionate about what I was doing. And I think ultimately just like working for myself. Yeah. And I can totally relate to that. And I feel like a lot of women can. So I'm glad you're here maybe to give us some advice. So we'd like to start off though, before we get into the nitty gritty of your awesome business, we like to review past episodes. So on our very first episodes, we told stories about times where other women have empowered us. Can you Mm -hmm. tell us about a time that a woman has empowered you? Sure. This actually goes back to the very beginning of starting my business. Um, One of the things that I did when I was first getting started is I looked for different resources in the area to kind of see what was out there and what I could learn. And I found this talk that was for, it was between two jewelers in Portland and it was all about like how to sell your jewelry to other stores. So I signed up and I went and I, at the end of the talk, I was feeling pretty overwhelmed by just like how much work it takes. And I wasn't sure if, um, you know, if I had what it, took to make it and so I went up to one of the jewelers uh, afterwards and her name is Betsy she has a line Betsy and Aya in Portland was very successful Um, and I just asked her I was like this is so amazing like how did you do this like I want to do you know what you're doing and like I just don't know if I like have what it takes and she was immediately so warm and encouraging and she didn't hesitate for one second she was like if you want to do it like you will be successful and you can make it happen Mm -hmm. and I feel like that was such an important moment because from her side of things you know she is in a pretty saturated industry like handmade jewelry is pretty competitive and she could have easily saw me as a threat or competition and discouraged me from starting a line but she was just the opposite she was so warm and lovely and she I think about that moment a lot. 
That's wonderful. And I feel like for it's so important nowadays be in this movement that is happening with women to empower each other and realize I feel like the past culture was pretty different where you were worried where it's kind of catty or you're worried about you know competitiveness between women Mm -hmm. but do you feel like lately women have kind of broken down those walls for each other and become a warm environment for everyone recently yeah I think it takes constant work there's so many things that women are taught from such a young age and we have to really work to break down those barriers and unlearn all of the things that we learned growing up it's Um, definitely hard and it's changing I think that like it takes other women being vulnerable and just talking about these things Yeah, most definitely. So on episode two, we gave our opinions on catcalling and kind of told our own experience. So do you have any like thoughts or opinions? I have or even a story. Too many stories. Like one recently I was just like walking down the street. So my store and my studio is in Pioneer Square. Um, And for those people who don't live in Seattle, it's kind of like a mixed bag of people like all kinds of there's there are a lot of missions so there are a lot of homeless people but also a lot of business people and tourists and it's it's a little bit crazy um and I was just walking down the street and this guy turns to me and yells and he goes look there's America's next top model walking down the street (laughs) and I was just like didn't even know how to react um but I think like catcalling is something that's hard for me it happens quite a bit and I find myself like kind of I think about that when I get dressed in the morning and sometimes I'll change what I want to wear what I look like so that I won't get those cat calls and that's unfair like you're not asking for anything you're just being creative Mm and how you're dressing and expressing yourself Mm -hmm. so that's not very fair but yeah definitely we definitely agree with you on that one um so going back to your business, tell your story of how you began your interest in jewelry. You mentioned it was very young to me. So yeah, so I started making jewelry when I was about seven years old, um, wow. just with like big plastic beads and making like kind of like big bracelets. My mom, the nineties, um, yeah, like the nineties <laughs> look. Um, my mom kind of like was a big crafter, and we grew up making all kinds of different things. Um, And so she would do, like, during the holidays, she would sell ornaments and different Mm. things at, like, the school craft fair. And so I decided to start making bracelets so that I could sell them and, like, buy things that I wanted, like dolls or books. Um, And so that's kind of how I got started. And then I just found that, like, throughout my life, it was something that relaxed me and worked as kind of a de-stressor. So I just kept it as a hobby for a while and my very first job was actually at like a bead store and I didn't even work for money it was just for store credit so that I could buy supplies to make jewelry wow that's really cool that's awesome um so can you describe your design and jewelry style like if so it's the fresh tangerine correct Mm -hmm. so when they look it up what will they see and why this style yeah so I focus on things jewelry that's delicate and affordable and made for everyday wear. I'm someone who likes to put on the same pieces and just wear them and forget about them. So it's really important to me that they're light and I like a really simple style. And then I want to give our customers pieces that are affordable, but that are also going to last. That's really cool. So what are your price ranges for people? So everything is under a hundred dollars. Wow. 
most pieces are like under 50. Wow, that's pretty and good. So, and they're going to last for a while. We use um, 14 karat gold fill and sterling silver, which are both hypoallergenic metals. And they're made for long-term wear. Like for the gold, like it's not a plating. It's a thick coating of gold. So it's not going to wear off and tarnish. Right. And that's definitely me. Like I wear this necklace every day and I like put it on and don't think mm-hmm. about it. You know what exactly. I mean? That's yeah. definitely my style as well. That's really cool. Um, so... How did this grow from being more of a hobby as a child into a business? And can you tell me, I didn't even realize, which I apologize, Mm -hmm. I didn't realize, but you just opened your first storefront, which is so inspiring to me, like that you went from a child, you went to the call center and you're like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go for it. So can you tell me like how all this happened? For sure. So I was working at the call center. I was 24 years old and... I just decided that I didn't really want to work in like a desk job at all. And so I actually wanted to get back. I had spent a year teaching English in France and I wanted to go back and be able to travel. So I just kind of went to a coffee shop and I made a list of all the different things that skills that I had and jewelry was one of them. And I was like, well, I can make jewelry, sell it online and kind of have like a side income if I wanted to go back to France. And so that's kind of how everything started. And I made a bunch of stuff and I sold it a few different shows in Portland and people were so interested in the jewelry that I decided to continue. And so I actually worked full time at the call center for a year and did jewelry on the side and then was able to quit my job. And do it full time. And do it full time. How rewarding. That's really cool. Um, So what has been your, or where do you sell your pieces now? And that kind of answers that question. You just opened up a storefront. But how, I guess, you sold it online. And I did you put it in other shops? You know, I see some different designers in different shops. For sure. So I started out just selling online, in person, at different craft shows. And then selling to other stores. Um, And then moving to Seattle. So I started my business in Portland and then a few years in, I decided to move to Seattle to grow it. And um, I continued to sell online and I did in-person shows to kind of get the word out and build a customer base here. And I still wholesale to a lot of different boutiques in the area. Um, And then I decided to open a storefront just to have a better, you know, experience for my customers and to be able to relate to them in person one-on-one without having to do craft shows. That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, So is this a pretty competitive industry, would you say? I would say like handmade jewelry is very saturated Mm -hmm. for sure. There are a lot of different lines and there's a lot of there was kind of this trend of minimal delicate jewelry that came about. And so I would say that it is fairly competitive, but I try not to see I try not to focus on what other people are doing. And I think that if you're sharing your true authentic voice, then there's room for everyone. That's really cool. I like that mindset. And that's how I felt too. someone approached me about starting a podcast about mm-hmm. a similar topic. And I immediately was like, yes, how can I help you? Because, yeah. you know, it's if you're passionate about it, you want it to be out there in the world. For, for sure. sure. <laughs> and, and no one, you know, we're all so different and unique and no one will ever present something in the same way as you. Most definitely. I completely agree. Um, So what has been your challenge being a woman with your own business? Um, Has there been any challenges you've come across? Yeah, I would say that the biggest challenge that I face day to day has to do with perception, people's perception of me and 
how I interpret that. Um, I try not to focus on like what other people are doing in the industry, but I'm a pretty sensitive person and the things that people say, like you have to grow kind of a thick skin. And so that is the thing that I struggle with the most is like thinking about how people are going to interpret my choices. Yeah, that's definitely good advice. Um, so let's see. So how do you design the jewelry? You mentioned that it's 14 karat gold gold fill yeah. fill so I don't even know what that means how do you like how do you mold it how do you do it yeah so all of the pieces start out as just like different sizes of wire and I usually go in I really I'm a tactile person so I like to go in and just work with the metal and I'll kind of designate some studio time by myself and just make a bunch of stuff and see what flows um, and then after that I have to decide, you know, is this something that our customers want? Is it, you know, will it fall into the under $100 category? How complicated is it to reproduce? And then from there, we whittle down the designs to create a collection. That's really cool. Is it a completely solo or do you have any help with um, you? So the design process is pretty much just on me. And then I have like... I have a few employees and then I'll get their input and we'll have talks about like, you know, for us, we have to be able to make the same pieces hundreds and thousands of times. So we have to talk about like, how easy is this for someone else to recreate? You know, someone who doesn't, can I train someone to make a piece? Can we write down kind of the recipe for it? Wow, that's really cool. That's really yeah. neat. Um, so I guess where do you get the materials? You mentioned you like to go feel them and like yeah. touch them and that sort so of thing. So we try to source as much as we can like within the U.S. Um, and we try to use recycled metals as much as possible. So usually like I have a couple of online sources that I'll go to get like the basic like the wire and chain and clasps and things and then um, sometimes I'll work with natural stones and I'll try and source those from different places. That's really cool. Um, I think a few years ago I did a line where I actually went to Indonesia and I got, I went to a gem market and I collected all of the stones and then brought them back and made a whole collection. Like an exclusive line because mm -hmm. it's hard to go back. And yeah, like you can't get go it back. Again. Yeah. yeah, that's really cool. Um, so you mentioned you're, you're passionate for jewelry. That's how this business originated. But I, what I think isn't talked about enough is like the nitty gritty of actually starting a business. You mentioned you have employees. You found a storefront. Like, for sure. Was that in your realm and how did you figure that stuff out like that's that's hard wow. and almost intimidating yeah so when I started my business I you know I did never think that I was going to have employees like my goal was just to like make jewelry all day and like have maybe have a studio most likely at home and then the business quickly changed and it grew to a point where I was forced to find help and that kind of when I hired my first employees, that was back in 2014, it kind of changed everything. It changed the mission and why I wanted to continue on. Um, but it's been challenging. Like I don't have any business experience. I went to school for, I went to a like tiny liberal arts college and I majored in math and French. So I think that the biggest, um, the biggest skill that I have is I'm a problem solver. And so anything that I don't know how to do, I will ask around or I'll research and just kind of figure it out. 
That's really cool. And just creating and having employees. That's awesome. That's really yeah. awesome. Um, so I, we already answered that this is your full-time job. Yeah. So who has empowered you to get to this point? You mentioned the woman at the very beginning mm-hmm. who you went to her class or was it a workshop, I guess? It was just like a talk. Okay. Her talk and she empowered you. Has there been anyone else along the line who's kind of contributed to this? Um, I would say that like my customers are who empower me to continue doing what I'm doing. Without them, I wouldn't have a business. And so everything that I do is to is to create a positive experience for them. And I'm sure that energy is felt like within your customers too. I and hope I'm so. sure that's how yeah. you continue. Yeah. So as long as people are interested in what I have to say, I will continue doing what I love to do. So what has been your biggest driver to gain new customers? Like, how do you get that outreach right now? I think with our podcast, and we'll just be perfectly honest, we continue wanting to expand our growth, Mm -hmm. but it's hard. It is. It's really hard to get the word out there. So how did you expand for jewelry? That's probably a different realm than us, but how did you expand that? Yeah. So I would say like our biggest driver has been Instagram. Um, and then, I've worked with a lot of different like style bloggers and people in the community and it's kind of that mentality like of word of mouth and it's not always like in-person contacts like but that's very much what blogging embodies for me is kind of like someone's sharing their opinion and it's like talking to a friend you know whose style that you admire. Yeah that's really cool. Um, So have you ever and I don't know since it kind of seems female dominated besides mm-hmm. probably several awesome men, but have you ever faced discrimination in this line? Of course. Really? Um, so? It's something that I deal with almost daily. Wow. Um, you know, I was pretty young when I started my business 24. I'm a young business owner now. I'm 31 and people don't realize that, you know, I have a store and that I have employees and I think that people see me and, they just make assumptions. I can tell like when someone asks me what I do, I'll say, you know, I own a handmade jewelry line and their voice immediately shifts and they'll say, oh, like, that's so cute. And I'm like, it's, I mean, sure. Like, look at what you started though. You know what I mean? Like from a call center to Mm -hmm. owning your own storefront and and having employees. People just like, I remember um, being at a friend's wedding and this like someone at the wedding was asking me what I did and I said I have a handmade jewelry line and he just assumed he went straight to like he asked me if I was a high school dropout and I was like that's such a weird thing to just say to someone I was like you know no like I actually graduated with a degree and like this is just something that makes me happy and um it's interesting this is a question I didn't send you previously I sent her the questions but how would you do you have any advice for women who face that similar feedback I guess like if you're get discouraged like that how do you block out the noise I guess for sure for me um it's hard you just kind of have to grow a thick skin and unfortunately it's something that like we will continue to have to deal with and I like to correct people and you know they'll say like that's a cute business and I'm like it is cute, but also, like, I'm a real business owner. Like, I do all of the same things that, you know, so anyone else does. And it's inappropriate. Like, people ask me how I pay my rent. And so I'll just say, I pay my rent the same way that you do. I have a job. You know, yeah. I have a job and I write a check. Like, I, this is just really invasive. Um, 
So I think just like setting the boundary and telling people when that happens that it's inappropriate for them is just how we move forward. That's really cool. Um, But it's interesting. Like I notice that I will think about you know, whatever event I'm going to, and I will change how I look for that event. Like if I'm meeting with my landlord, I'm going to wear something that's super professional and I'm going to try and make myself look older so that he takes me more seriously. Whereas like if I'm going to like a blogging event, then I get to be more creative with my style. And it's not something that we should have to think about, but I think that we do and it's important. Yeah. Whatever comes naturally should just be how it is that's definitely for sure um but sometimes you kind of just feel awesome when you dress up (laughs) yeah sometimes I feel like yeah I kind of dress and I'll make these little um like notes like the other day I had to go to a community meeting in Pioneer Square and I was like I'm gonna dress like a really awesome business owner and I felt so empowered Mm -hmm. you know I wore all of my favorite things and I put on my favorite red lipstick and I just felt like such a badass like me today yeah yeah yeah, definitely you look in the mirror you're like heck yeah (laughs) positive as well definitely yeah whatever your style is for sure and if you're not in the mood you're not in the mood so I guess this is a very broad question but how does this business empower you it clearly does so how does it empower you I think um you know, it's so interesting when you start a business, you don't really know what you're getting into. Unfortunately, I was just young and naive enough to not really know how hard it was going to be. Um, Sometimes that's what you need. <laughs> yeah. But what I love about owning a business is that it forces me to face my fears and it's constantly pushing me to step outside of my comfort zone. And I've grown so much as a person, like even like public speaking, this is a challenge for me. And it's something that I really wanted to do because it's important for my business and the growth of my business. Um, you know, I'm someone who's a really private person and I'm learning that it's important for me to share my story and details about my life. And I wouldn't be pushed to do that if I didn't have a business and a platform to share it. And not only that of like starting, and I know this, like it's intimidating to walk into a setup, but like, like this, you know, but when, um, I think it's important to share your story, not only to spread the word of your business, but you never know which woman will randomly hear exactly. this and you might've created something just by inspiring her yeah. without even knowing. For sure. Um, so where, uh, do women find your work? Like where online can we look you up? Where's your storefront? How can we find you? Yeah, if so, girls are like, heck yeah, I need to see this line now. Um, everything is available for sale on our website, freshtangerine.com. Um, we're on Instagram. We post a lot there. The store is in Pioneer Square in Seattle, which is just south of downtown. Um, and then on our website as well, you can find all of the different stores that we sell to throughout the world. If you're wanting to see pieces in person and don't live in Seattle. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us. How we like to wrap up our um, podcast is on, even though this whole one was very positive, sometimes we have darker topics. Um, Do you have anything positive you're looking forward to this week? Anything like that? Like the sun or looking forward to work or anything like that? Yeah, I'm looking forward to working in my store and getting into the studio and maybe creating some new pieces. Awesome. Well, we'll look forward to seeing that. And I'm just looking forward to the sun Yeah. We've had a winter. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Bye, guys. Bye.